0: Welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. What makes a marriage last? We can talk about the research, but in the end, it's where the rubber meets the road that matters most. For today's show, we have a special episode with some very special guests. They recently celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary by talking to 40 famous couples who all have long-standing marriages so that we not only get a glimpse into the private lives of well-known people, which is interesting in and of itself, but we also get a sense of the special sauce that has helped them, each of them, stay together and connected over many, many years. There's also a moment in this interview that was perhaps one of my most challenging as a host when I asked the tough question that I was Afraid might have actually taken my guest down for the count. Fortunately, as you'll hear, he's okay, and his wife stepped in with a masterful answer to an important question. So before I introduce today's guest, just a few quick reminders. First, if you're interested in improving the way that you communicate, especially in your relationship, then make sure you download my free guide to my top three relationship communication secrets. These are three things that are easy to put into practice, but they make an enormous difference in your ability to stay connected, no matter how challenging the thing is that you want to communicate about. To download the guide, just visit neilsatin.com/relate, or text the word relate to the number three three four 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 and follow the instructions. It's important to me that I can keep relationship alive, free and accessible to you, and it's your support. That helps make that possible. Every little bit counts. So if you're finding the show to be helpful in your life. Or helpful for people who are important to you. Please consider a contribution. Just visit neilsatin.com support. Or text the word support to the number 33444. And you can choose any amount that feels right for you. And this week I would like to thank Laura. Sarah. Dave. Michael, Sabrina, Michelle, Ruthanna, Holly, Jenny, Marie, Timothy, and Angie. Thank you all so much for your generous and, in many cases, ongoing contributions to Relationship Alive. Finally, remember that we have a free group on Facebook, the Relationship Alive Community, where you can connect with other people who listen to the show and get support from others in your love life. And you have, if you have any questions for me... Just record yourself asking the question and email it to questions at relationshipalive.com and I will answer your question here on the show. Okay, time to introduce today's guests. Their names are Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue, and as I mentioned, they have now been married for more than 40 years. Marlo Thomas is an award-winning actress, best-selling author, and activist who has won four Emmys, a Golden Globe, a Grammy, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom, among other awards. She's also the Outreach Director for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Phil Donahue is a writer, producer, and journalist whose daytime talk show, The Donahue Show, was honored with 20 Emmy Awards. He's also been inducted into the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame and is a recipient of a George Foster Peabody Award. Together, they are the authors of the best-selling book, What Makes a Marriage Last?, where, as I mentioned, they have interviewed 40 celebrated couples about their relationships and the specific things that help them stay connected through the good times and the challenging times. It's a series of fascinating interviews with people like President Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, LL Cool J and Simone Smith, Gloria and Emilio Estefan, Elton John and David Furnish, Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan, Sting and Trudy Styler, uh, Deepak and Rita Chopra, Lily Tomlin and Jane Wagner. I'm I'm not going to list them all here, but just know that each interview offers... Some interesting insights that just might help you take your relationshiping skills to the next level. I'm so excited for today's conversation, and as always, we'll have a detailed transcript which you can get if you visit neilsatin.com slash Marlo, that's M-A-R-L-O, or you can always text the word PASSION to the number 33444 and follow the instructions to download the transcript. Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue, thank you both so much for joining us today on Relationship Alive.
1: Our pleasure. Yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you.
0: Great, great. Before we dive in, I just wanted to start with some quick gratitude. Um, Phil, your show is something that I used to watch as a kid, and that early exposure to your work, especially... What I'd identify now as your ability to stay real with your guests and to be in the moment during an interview, that is not only a useful skill for being in relationship, but it's been truly inspiring for me in the work that I do now.
2: Well, I thank you for the kind words. You watched my show and you turned out anyway, didn't you?
0: (laughs) I did. I did. Yeah. (laughs) And Your Free to Be You and Me was not only my second grade play, um, and so important in terms of undoing the impact of toxic masculinity and gender stereotypes in my world, but also something that my kids listened to. And recently we listened to it again, and they were commenting on the content in ways that showed me just how much your work has truly helped shift us as a whole towards a more just accepting an equitable world. Obviously, we still have a ways to go, but I thought you might like knowing just how much that work was influencing not only what I do here, but also the generations that are still coming.
1: Oh, that's great. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. We, appre- we appreciate your appreciation. Believe me, we worked hard. and We love to know that we've made an impact on anybody's life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let's start with something that you know for me, was really fascinating, which is that I mean, you interviewed people who are famous and wealthy and who have been together a long, long time. So there are some things that are unique to uh, who they to this to their circumstances in life, and then there are some things where you read and and in fact, most of what you read, where it's just like, oh, these are problems that anybody could be going through.
1: Yeah, we, we did address that often in the book uh, uh, about, uh, I think, Trudy Steiler, uh, Sting's wife, talked about his fame getting in the way of their relationship and definitely falling all over him and also uh, disrupting their lives with their children. Uh that's kind of all over the book but i think ray romano said the most interesting thing he said it doesn't really matter if you're famous or you're not famous when you close the door to your house you're the guy you know with the torn pajamas and your wife's the one in the curlers <laughs> and you're just who you are there are no celebrities at home everybody has to deal with what who they are and and who they married and what's interesting is that there are so many challenges in this book that are just the challenges that people face in a marriage. There's infidelity, like Jesse Jackson had. There's uh, losing all your money, the way Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon did, lost all their savings to Bernie Madoff. There's a big illness, a long, lifelong illness that Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan faced three years into their marriage. There's drug addiction that Chris Guest realized one day that his wife, Jamie Lee Curtis, was addicted to drugs so uh, those are not celebrity problems those are problems of of couples everywhere and and that's why the book is important because it's not a how-to book that would be a little pamphlet it's a what book what did these people do when they were confronted with these challenges
0: yeah, I love that. That's, that's so important and I think revealing and probably why the reading is so compelling is that it's easy to have this illusion, right? That, um, being famous or wealthy makes your life a lot easier. And, and I do have to say, like, when I was reading about, I think it was, um, Mariska, Hargitay and, and Peter Herman, they were talking about the renovations in their in their apartment, and and Mariska says something like, Well, this was this took all day for me and my assistant. And I was just thinking, like, yeah, you know, I kind of wish I had an assistant that was helping me with I I happen to be doing a lot of moving furniture around in my apartment at the time, and I was like, okay, it might be easier if I had an assistant here. And at the same time, everything that people are dealing is just the reality of being human with each other. So what you named that that Ray Romano said is, is I think, so true, that behind closed doors we're all just people and having very human struggles mm-hmm. and, and very human challenges. Um, that was an interesting point about addiction, um, which you brought up with Christopher Guest and Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I noticed that it seemed like with everyone that you that you mentioned who is struggling with addiction um this came up in your interview with um elton john and david furnish too um among others um that the couples seem to have a lot of space for each other to go through their struggle and and figure it out for themselves and and that seemed to be a common thread that ran through most of the interviews is does that seem true to you that there's there's this sense of we're together as a unit and we prioritize the unit but we also give each other a lot of space to be who we are to go through our struggles and and not making those things necessarily personal to us like if my partner has an addiction it it impacts me but it's not necessarily about me and and they just have to figure that out
2: well that's pretty uh fundamental, and uh, uh, it is a uh, is a test of the union, really, um, and the people who seek a professional to help them with this, I think, are performing the greatest act of love that's available to a married couple. I mean, if you go to a marriage counselor or encourage your spouse to accompany you, that is really a sign of a real keen interest in marriage. That's what we discovered, that uh, the ones who last are the ones who really care about marriage and making it last. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that immediately. Uh, We we were able to. Couples who immediately uh, gave evidence of their interest in the marriage
1: and they, with all of the struggles that they have, and they're big ones, you know, lifelong disease and loss of money and infidelity and all of the challenges that right. couples everywhere deal with, they, uh, they didn't look for the exit sign. I think that's what we noticed. Like, and, and a couple of times, Phil, like Phil said to Chris Castle, did you ever think that uh, you, you just wouldn't be able to stand this and you were going to get out? He said, oh, no, never. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of what we saw there. The difference between people who stay married and people who don't stay married is the the stay married. Stick with it. They're not looking for the escape route. They're in it.
2: And staying with it is often uh, a less challenging way to solve problems. You know, first of all, you don't have to deal with all those lawyers. <laughs> Who was it made that far?
1: Oh, Elsa, Elsa Walsh, who's married to Bob Woodward. She said, I don't understand this impulse for disruption. Why People put so much energy into breaking up. Why don't they put all that energy into staying together? But I thought Kira Sedgwick put it best. She said, when you get married, there is no plan B. And that really is the, the seed of it. If you get married thinking, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can always get out. Oh, there is no plan B. And if you don't have that feeling that there is no plan B, then you probably shouldn't marry that person. Not the right person for you. Because you have to feel this is it. And that way you'll make it work out. Like you'll make anything work out that is yours. Your child, your mother, and your spouse. I mean, these are the commitments of your life and you don't run to the to the escape route when things get tough and when you walk through that fire whatever it may be and every couple famous or not famous every couple has a challenge has a fire to walk through when you get on the other side of the fire you're really bonded and i and we felt that as well
0: yeah it struck me that a lot of the couples seem to have this also um, I'm trying to think of the right word because detachment isn't quite right, but it's like they saw the picture bigger than the problem that they yeah. they weren't willing to let the problem be the the defining characteristic of who they were mm. in the moments where they were having the problem that they they saw it as bigger than that. But
1: they're connected. Yeah. yeah, they're they're connected people, and they're a team, they're in it together, you know, and I think that was what I found very inspiring. You know, some people get a divorce, like under five years of marriage. Half of us get divorced in this country. So there's a, a feeling that, you know, it's disposable. Um uh, and we, we interviewed a couple of couples that have been married. Well, for example, Ted Danson, he's married to Mary Steenburgen, and this is his third marriage. And it's lasted 30 years, so he's obviously found the right partner. But I said to him, wow, how did you have the optimism, keep at it, and, you know, why did you think the third one would be would work? And he said, well, first of all, I stopped lying which I thought was so vulnerable and so revealing of him to say that. And I said, well, what did you lie about? He said everything. I, I was unfaithful, but mostly I lied about who I was because I wanted to come off better than I was. I wanted to be the knight on the white horse. And so I never really said what my vulnerabilities are. I never showed my true self. And that's a, a really great statement because people do that. They don't want to show their vulnerability. And rather than, you know, do that, they get out when it gets too close to comfort.
0: Yeah, I could... I really related, actually, to what Ted said. And uh, we we did, interestingly, we had on the show Ellen Bader and Peter Pearson, and one of their books that they wrote was all about lying. and um, And mm-hmm. they talk about the context for lying. So you have, like... Obviously, you need to be someone who desires to be truthful and who's willing to see um, why your vulnerability or your, your lack of wanting to be vulnerable, why that might keep you from being truthful. And at the same time, there's the other half of the dynamic, the partner who's willing to create a context that supports honesty, that isn't going to clobber you over the head when you reveal your deepest truth.
1: Well, that's the fear. You know, you you don't want to be vulnerable because you'll be hurt. So if you say, I'm this person and I'm not really as good as I pretended to be when we were dating, you're afraid the person won't love you anymore. They'll leave you. They'll make fun of you, all all those things. And so we don't show our true selves, and I think that's, you know, a real problem. But you see, what I loved about the stories is we would go from President Carter and Rosalind who are, their marriage is very much based on faith. They uh, say the Bible every night. Well, they read the Bible to each other every night. And then on the other hand, you've got Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone, and he cheers her up by mooning her, right? <laughs> so you've got all kinds of different kinds of marriages. Marriage is based on faith. Marriage is based on humor. You know, marriage is based on working together, like Chip and Joanna Gaines. It's, it's just a... It's the The whole gamut of of what makes a marriage thrive,
0: yeah, and I think that's one thing that makes it such an interesting read is that because everyone is so different, and because while there are some common threads, there are lots of different strategies that people use um so there's there's a lot to offer you as a reader if you're reading this book. Because you may read one person's chapter and be like, I don't think anything like I don't think we're going to start reading the Bible to each other at night like the Carters. And then on the flip side, Hi. you might say, oh, this idea about um, kicking the can down the road that James Carville had, like that works for us. Or um, one of the ones that was yeah. really surprising for me was um, a lot of people said this whole thing about don't go to bed angry that they didn't buy it. In fact, they would purposefully go to bed angry because they would wake up the next morning with some perspective on things that they didn't have rather than right. harping at each other.
2: I think that's universal. What is? The fact that uh, you always feel better in the morning. Right. I, I, don't th- I think that's universal. And uh, <laughs> the issue is how do you get to the morning without uh, destroying everything? Right. And uh, the, the mature couples, the couples that really want the marriage, who are beyond the wedding. And a lot of couples married for the wedding. I mean, that's a pretty exciting day. Uh, you know, the white dress and everybody tells right how beautiful she yeah. is. And, you know, then suddenly you look up and realize that uh, life can be full of surprises There is no such thing as a marriage that sails from, you know, starting from the wedding all the way to uh, dearly beloved, uh, (laughs) that, you know, nothing is that way. And I think it's useful without dwelling on the negative. But it is useful, we discovered, to uh, uh, accept the fact that uh, reality and humanness is going to set in before long in everybody's marriage. Right. And it's a good, I think, to, a good idea to be prepared for it.
1: And I like what uh, Judith Viorst, the writer, said. She said, you know, uh, you, you get married and you think, well, I don't like that thing about him and I'm, you know, I'm going to you know, fix that up a little bit and he doesn't like this about her and he's going to hone that edge a little bit. And she said, the truth is, is that you've, this person that you've married, that's the person. And that person is never going to be you, no matter how hard you try. And you're never going to be him, no matter how hard he tries. So you have to accept that as a given and accommodate each other. Accommodate each other's differences. I am a very impulsive person who jumps for the phone to find a solution. Phil is a laid-back person. He's going to think it through and not act right away. And, 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 and many times in our lives that has caused friction because I'm saying, well, why can't we do it right now? And he's saying, why can't you just wait a second? So... We've had to learn how to deal with those that difference in our personality. And one of the things we learned on the book, because we worked so closely together, which we've never done before, so every day we're working together, and that came up a lot of times, his laid-backness, my impulsiveness. And we started to see where his way was better, and we started to see where my way was better. And it was a very interesting for us. I think that was one of the real benefits of working together so closely that we, we started to appreciate that other point of view without trying to get the other one over to our point of view. so it was was uh, very, very helpful to work that intimately
0: mm. Yeah, that was striking. With a lot of the conversations, that degree of acceptance for someone else just kind of being who they are, and and people s- naming right. that, like I can't, I can't change this person. So I'm, I'm going to learn how to love them yeah. and accept them and have compassion. And how important is that?
2: Uh, well, I, I, you know, your point, uh, really throws a strike at what James Carbill said. However, uh, you know, my, you know, originally when you first think about it, it, it sounds shallow and cliched, but it isn't. Kick that can down the road is a very effective way to put an end to round and round of an argument over a silly, unimportant issue. And you know that that we used it and started to laugh when. Who said it, me or you? You
1: did. You said it the first time. We were going around and around. Like, oh, you said you would. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. Whatever. Those kind of arguments can go on for hours. Uh, and then he just said, Phil said to me, oh, let's just kick this can down the road. And we started laughing. We thought, you know, it's true. This is a stupid car- argument. It could go on and on. And Jim uh, Carville said, you know, behind every successful marriage is an entire alley of cans. <laughs> and I think... It's become a new tool for us, and I, I think all married couples come up with these codes to help them, you know, get over stuff. It's a waste of time. I mean, if I, if I could say anything to my bride self would be, oh, just calm down about all this. None of these arguments are necessary. They're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to end up better for it. Um, and we have relaxed, I guess, over the last couple of years or 20 years. Just relax from it and not, uh, you know, not knowing the term kick the can down the road, but being able to say to each other, oh, the hell with this. This isn't that important. And but before, when we first got married, somebody would slam the door, somebody would pout. You know, you you, you do that at first. And I think you do that because you're positioning yourself you know I don't want him to dominate me and he's thinking I don't want her to boss me and so you're you're sort of training each other but it's useless it it really is You, you do that with children and with dogs but you can't do it with a mate um you're talking about two equals and you can't you know there's no training period you just talk it out be yourself and appreciate that you're different
0: totally totally Marlo and Phil, we have to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors, and there's actually a new cool sponsor to tell you about this week, and afterwards, you'll get to hear the question that I was afraid almost might have done Phil Donahue in. I thought about taking the whole part of that whole part of the interview out, but hearing the way that Marlowe not only cares for him during her answering the question, but also the way that she steps up and answers for him, well, I just thought that it wasn't something to be missed. So I left it all in, and thankfully, Phil is A-OK. So first, our new sponsor. Along with podcasts, of course, there's a world of entertainment options out there, Sometimes you want to be able to check out something new, and by that I mean there's lots of compelling international shows that you might be missing out on. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's time to burst the domestic TV bubble, especially if you're here in the U.S., and to check out Acorn TV. Acorn TV is a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television, It's home to sophisticated and artful storytelling with top-rated mysteries, dramas that pull you in, heartfelt comedies, and so much more. And unlike other British streaming services, Acorn TV has content from Ireland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and beyond. I started watching Slings and Arrows recently, which I had never seen. It's an under-the-radar, hilarious comedy series from Canada, which features a young Rachel McAdams before she hit the big time. And there's also so much if you're a fan of quirky British comedy, which I personally am. So with new content added every Monday, you will never run out of something new to watch, and you can stream it all on your favorite devices for just five ninety nine a month. So, escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your home. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and using my promo code, which is the word ALIVE. That's A-C-O-R-N, acorn.tv, code ALIVE, to get your first 30 days for free. When it comes to our next sponsor, I believe that it's key to use as many natural products as possible. And at the same time, performance matters because they have to do their job, which for my deodorant is key and is to keep me smelling fresh all day. That's one reason why I'd like to recommend that you check out Native. Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better, it's made better with ingredients that you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. And with over 10 cents, including rotating seasonals, Native has something for everyone. Um, They have their classic coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, which I've been using, and citrus and herbal. And if you've heard me talk about them before, you also know that my absolute favorite scent is the unscented, which, uh, don't get me wrong, I actually really like some of the other scents, but for me, sometimes I just don't want to smell like anything. And even after a long day and night, native is still doing its job. It's risk-free to try. Um, Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus 30-day free returns and exchanges. And they just introduced a line that has completely plastic-free packaging with their company goal to have all their products be plastic-free by 2023, which is just so important for our environment to be switching to sustainable forms of packaging. So do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash alive or use the promo code alive at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's native D E O. So nativedo.com slash alive or use the promo code alive at checkout for 20% off your first order. Okay, so thank you, Acorn TV and Native Deodorant. And now let's get back to the show and the question that didn't go exactly the way I had planned. And thankfully, Relationship Alive isn't the show that did fill Donahue in. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to chat um, briefly because um, you brought up this, how many of these people were in their second marriage or uh, like in the case of Dad, Ted Danson, his third marriage. And and Phil, you were married previously um, and divorced and before you and, and Marlo connected. Um, I can't remember who it was, but someone said that like a second marriage is the triumph of, of hope uh, over experience or something like that. Um, and... I'm wondering, Phil, who like for you, what was it that made you willing to to try again and that made it different with Marlowe where you felt like, yeah, we're we're sticking with this. Is there something that, that's like a special sauce that's uniquely to the two of you? Is there something about your own conviction and state of mind that was different? Um, what Um What can you offer about that? Process for you of of signing up again.
1: Probably being older, right? Yeah, probably that. I think I think so. You all right, Annie? Okay. Um, excuse me. He's having a little coughing fit. So He's going to go in the other room. Uh, okay. So I will help him. Yeah. Um, but he. Uh, uh, but I I think he said often that it it was growing up. You know, when he first got married, he was 21 years old, mm. you know, and so was his wife, wa- so 21 years old, you don't really know who you are, so you get married, they had five kids in six years, mm-hmm. go, go that way, honey, go on, go on, okay,
0: sorry. Is this okay, no is there everyone of, okay over there?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's good, he's good, take take the water with you, honey, that'll help you. Um, but I think that that's, uh, uh, that's uh, probably true with a lot of marriages you know I didn't get married till I was 42 you know never had been married so that's a very uh, big thing you know a very big difference I came into it uh, already grown up already having my career Uh, uh, you know settled uh, in um, you know knowing who I was making my own uh, money I was I was more uh, able to 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 you know, not not bring all my baggage to the marriage. I'd already straightened out some of my baggage. I kind of already unloaded my my garbage, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I was able to, and I had been through some therapy, and, uh, and all that was uh, very helpful to be able to be a grown-up. And I didn't even want to get married when I met Phil, uh, but I fell in love with him, and three years after we started dating I we decided to get married but it, it was uh, uh, it was interesting you know where we, we both came from such different places
0: Right and actually that was going to be my follow up question for you which was uh, that you had, uh, it sounded like you had said like I'm never going to get married that, that that wasn't a priority for you and I was curious about what was it about the situation with Phil that made you feel like, you know what, this is I'm going for this, even though I've never thought that was really gonna be part of my life?
1: Well, I, I think because he built a trust in me that I I didn't know was possible. You know, I saw a lot of very traditional marriages. My father was one of ten, nine boys and a girl. My mother was one of five, Italians and then Lebanese. All those marriages were traditional in the sense that the man was the boss and the woman, you know, kind of did what he said and, you know, feathered the nest so forth. And I I thought that was marriage. I saw it as the model Didn't seen any other models. I saw 15 marriages. That was the model. So uh, I, it just didn't feel like a roomy enough place for me. Um, So I just, you know, had nice boyfriends and then I met Phil and he was another boyfriend but then, as I got to know him, I saw that he was really interested in my having out of life what I wanted to have, and he accommodated it as a as a cheerleader, as a person who would uh, he wanted me to have what I wanted, even if it was inconvenient for him, and that is a very very important feature. Of our relationship that and a lot of my friends who've gotten divorces have told me that their husbands actually advised them away from taking an opportunity which they late would later realize that it was because they didn't want to be inconvenienced themselves mm. it would mean that they would have to travel more or they would have to be alone or whatever it was and so they advised their wife away from her opportunity Phil not only didn't ever do that, but he really inconvenienced himself so that I could have what I wanted. And I think there's something in that. You know, people do that for their children. You know, you love your kids so much. You protect them. You give them everything you can, and you do everything you can. You are so invested in them getting what they want out of life. We, sh- we really need to take that exact same feeling and give it to our spouses, that I, you know, that they get everything they want out of life, not just the, that part that works better for my life. And that, I think, is what real love is and what a real partner is. Mm-hmm. And we saw that a lot in, in Alan Alda. We saw it in a lot of couples. There was a real uh, investment, Billy Crystal and Janice, people giving each other everything they could to get what they want out of life.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the difference between the how-to and the what and why the what is so helpful. That's right. Because you can say mm-hmm. generosity is important in a relationship, but until you you read mm-hmm. like, oh, right, here's and here's an example of that, and here's how this person did that in in their relationship, um, that's where it gets really instructive because you, you start to see like, oh, right, that's what generosity really looks like um, in practice. That's right. Um, and,
1: it, and it builds trust.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: that that person has your back. You know, and one of the things that we realized as we went along, that uh, no matter what race uh, a couple is, no matter what faith, we we had Catholics and Jews, Baptists and Muslims. Uh, we have uh, Indian and uh, uh, a Buddhist, Muslim And then we also had uh, uh, people of so many different professions with comedians like Billy Crystal and Ray Romano, Deepak Chopra, uh, John McEnroe, an athlete, uh, Sullenberger, who landed his plane in the Hudson, all kinds of people. So that we wanted to see, well, what is the difference in all these occupations? What, What is the difference in the different races and religions? Uh, What's the difference between a same-sex marriage and an opposite-sex marriage? And as you read the book and see all these couples, one way or the other, they were looking for the same thing, which is somebody that they can trust, Hmm. somebody who they'll feel safe with, somebody who's got their back, somebody who's going to help them be the best they can be. And, 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 you know, as... Rob Reiner says, and somebody, a good, a best friend that you can have sex with. So, (laughs) you know, any way you want to price it, uh, that is, all of that is true. You know, he's my best friend. She's my best advisor. Those are the things they say about each other. You know, I know that if I take take a problem to fill, he will give me his best advice based on what's good for me.
0: Right, that goes right back to what you were saying about uh, being willing to be self-sacrificing and generous when, especially when you're giving advice. Um, right, Marlo. I just want to check in quickly. We have less than a minute left. I want to make sure Phil's okay. But he's fine. He's great. Fine. Good. Good. And uh, and lastly, uh, I just want to thank you again. Your book, What Makes a Marriage Last, already a bestseller. I think it's definitely worth a read there's so much in, uh, instructive what so it's again not just the how to it's the what um, so uh, thank you so much for taking the time to write it and what a lovely way to celebrate your 40th anniversary with Phil to, to actually I'll say gather it all really that.
1: was it really was such fun such fun
0: and thank you so much Marlo and, and Phil for, for taking the time to be with us today it's such a delight to be able to talk to you
1: Thanks, Neil. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Alive. If you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com slash podcast. Or you can always text the word passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do.